The CMO Convo recipe for success goes a little something like this. Combine two parts insights from expert marketers with three parts advice on leadership from people doing it best. Stir in two cups of the latest updates on tech changing the marketing game, and then leave to set. Before serving, sprinkle on some random ramblings from me, your host, and there you have it, CMO Convo, the ultimate podcast resource for marketing leaders. This week, we're cooking up some big ideas with fractional CMO, Tim Hines. Tim believes for CMOs to succeed, they need to take an entrepreneurial mindset in their approach to leadership and marketing. Discover what this means for you by listening on. Hi, Tim. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? Hey, it's good to be here with you, Will. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's great to have you on the show because it's a, it's a very interesting topic we're talking about because obviously, there's a lot of pressure that CMOs are under, a lot of things in the news about how they have the shortest tenure. And I feel like I've been talking about this for years now, which I have been at this point. I have been talking about that for years now. Um, and it seems like we need to take anything that we can to really give CMOs the opportunity to really show the value they can have to their businesses, A, to help CMOs out with their careers, but also to help out the marketing landscape as a whole. Like marketing leaders constantly chopping and changing roles. It's not good for marketers, not good for brands. So it's an interesting angle we're taking today. And that's the idea of taking an entrepreneurial mindset to being a CMO. And I'm, I'm very mm -hmm. excited to discuss what this means with you, Tim. Um, but before we do get into that, maybe you could introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a bit about your background and why this topic was something that you really want to talk about on the show. Yeah, well, I'm excited to dig into that too. And for some context on me, my moniker that I've dubbed myself with is the marketing starter, which is this marketer who takes this entrepreneurial or starter-minded approach to what they do in marketing. So this is right up my alley, really excited to dig into it. And why I've given myself uh, that title uh, is because my background, or I should say the way that I've tenured myself at, at marketing gigs, uh, has kind of followed a interesting path and in that yes like so many other marketing leaders and just marketers in general my tenure has been fairly short at a lot of the companies i've been at not through necessarily fault of my own i've actually been laid off or furloughed five different times in my career or i've had to transition for whatever other reasons or had decided to go and launch my own company or something like that but five different times where i was out of my control in my nearly 20 years. So if you take that and divide that across, you start to see that those chunks start to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So yeah, that's a total a total problem and something that we're seeing a lot for marketing, but I've almost started to see it as gosh, just, just part of the marketing brand, something that marketers almost need to expect. But there is a certain amount of responsibility I think that we can take. But from my background, I actually went to school for marketing uh, at the University of Illinois. Shortly thereafter, I started working for big media with the Tribune Media Group when I lived in Chicago. And well, we know how uh, newspapers went. And so that was actually my first <laughs> my first furlough uh, was being part of the giant acts that was coming to the newspaper industry. Um, and then shortly after that, I started my very first company and was working kind of in the in the Chicago startup scene for a while. And then eventually I uh, took a, a role at a, at a company in the Bay Area and San Francisco moved out there, started getting my teeth kind of grinding on, on some tech and moving around and trying to make things happen. And so I had a lot of different B2B type of tech jobs, and that's mostly kind of been the space that I've been in. But what I think stitches all of these together, despite being in a lot of different industries and having varying different kinds of roles, the thing that is the common vein is that all of them have 
had this opportunity to kind of build something from scratch, to pioneer something. And so when I started looking back and going, okay, what is it? What is this thing that makes my domain expertise? I've done partner marketing and channel marketing and email marketing and more marketing generalist type of roles. Like there isn't something specific there, right? It's kind of, you know, very lateral, a lot of different types of uh, titles and different types of responsibilities. But what's made them similar is that I've had that opportunity to come in and build something from that from the ground up, much like a entrepreneur would do. So it's an entrepreneurial type of role that I've had pretty much my entire career as a marketer. And what that's looked like for me is either I've come in as a company's first marketing hire, you know, they've relied on the, C- the CEO or whoever else to kind of lead that marketing initiative or been very sales forward, or I've come in to uh, lead a team that maybe is already there that never had a leadership position, or I've had positions that have been carved out for me where the leaders at the company have said, you know what, I think you'd be really good at this because you have this kind of entrepreneurial take and we're trying something new and we want you to lead that. And so these have kind of fallen in my lap because I've had this passion for entrepreneurship and I have built my own things while taking that marketing teaching and experience that I've had across the board with me. And so that's why I call myself the marketing starter. And my book that I put out is called the marketing starter. And it kind of walks through my journey and other marketers journeys on doing something like that. And so I've I've actually found a lot of people who've had the similar type of experience as me, where they've been this pioneer and they actually enjoy it. And I would say you're almost a glutton for punishment when you do it, because when you're paving pathways and doing new things, you can often find yourself on that chopping block. And that's maybe why it's been five times for me. So <laughs> oh, great stuff, Tim. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a bit worried when you said newspapers at the start, I was like, what's next? Oh. Is he going to be like getting into fax machines or something like as, the, as his next one? But no, it's, it sounds like, yeah, you've had a lot of experience with this sort of like, yeah, building something from scratch. Is that how we're defining that? entrepreneurial mindset then is the purpose of this conversation like cmos putting their own stamp on things building something from the ground up yeah and it's putting your own stamp on it in the way that you can so it's not necessarily saying like oh i'm not the first cmo so mm, i can't really build something it's it's the way that you attack it it's it's coming in and saying like how would a startup founder or an entrepreneur look at this, like, what are those glasses that I can put on that worldview that I can take of an entrepreneur in the way that I approach this stuff. And whether it's you're building the role or the function from the ground up, sure, maybe that's like the the prime example. But I try to argue uh, in, in my book and on my podcast and when I meet with people is that no matter how small it is, you can still take an entrepreneurial approach to it. Even if it's just like a project, right? I'm going to try something new. I'm going to test something. I'm going to test something and maybe I'm going to blow it up in my face and then I'm going to dust myself off. And because that's what an entrepreneur would do, right? They get right back up on the horse after they blew it up and they would try again and try again and try again. And I almost aching it to the way uh, Thomas Edison perfected the filament of the light bulb, right? Some people argue and say that he it took him 10,000 tries to get that right before he actually did it. Could you imagine if he gave up on the 9,999th time and said, oh, I'm done. We never figured it out. Maybe I wouldn't have this light over my head today. I'm sure I would. Someone else would probably figure it out. But it's all about doing it until you perfect it and doing it until it works. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, I can see how this can work really nicely in 
like a startup environment where it's kind of like a blank sure. canvas. But I do find it quite interesting how you're discussing moving into established companies and 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 making this kind of approach work. Obviously, established companies they're going to have some expectations that they want from CMOs. How can you sort of balance that sort of the expectation of what they're expecting from a CMO coming into an established company and being able to push for these kinds of new initiatives, new ways of doing things as a sort of an entrepreneurial approach? Yeah, well, that established thinking, I think, is one that actually holds can hold or can hold companies back, and that CMOs need to take a very consultative approach to the way that they come into a role or are doing their current role, right? I don't think anybody in marketing wants to just be a button pusher, you know, a factory worker. The marketing factory is is like the dream killer. You want to look at marketing like it's a laboratory where you're exploring and you are testing things. And like I mentioned before, things are blowing up in, in your face and you're, you're trying new things. And I've heard a lot of um, marketing thought leaders out there say, hey, you need to carve 20, 30% of your marketing time and effort and budget out for testing and exploring and to see what works. You can't just keep doing the same thing and expecting uh, new results. That's, well, that's the definition of insanity. So I think it's on the CMO to be that, to be that consultative type of person and also plant that stake in the ground and say, listen, I'm the expert here. You hired me for a reason. I know marketing. And let me tell you, this is the way that needs to go and set those expectations early on. Or if you're doing a reset going, hey, we tried it this way. This year, we need to do this. Like, you know, we're, we're recording this here toward the, the end of 2023, which is, I'm sure a lot of people are in planning time. Um, and they get that opportunity then to say, we're going to try something new. And so it's really being bold and assertive. And I think a lot of a lot of CMOs and a lot of marketing leaders sometimes are maybe apprehensive to doing that, you know, because they'll be working with a an executive team that's like, this is what we want. These are the goals. And you get caught up in, in just like filling the need because there's so much stuff to do all the time in marketing that it's hard to pull yourself away and, and zoom up a level and go, wow, maybe our approach should be different. But that's, again, where I would argue that's an entrepreneurial type of of mindset to have is to go, hey, hold on a second. I know what I'm doing. Like I said, plant that flag. I know what I'm doing. Let's test some stuff. Let's try something new. Trust me that I'm going to continue doing what's working, but we're going to try to see if some of this new stuff is going to lead to success, some success. Definitely. And I imagine it's very important to keep other stakeholders in the loop on this and and get buy-in and support from the rest of the C-suite. Can you do that from day one? Surely you need time to sort of build up that clout with the rest of the C-suite, get some like alliances going to really get the support you need to get the to, to get into these sort of new initiatives. Like obviously it'd be great if you could just go in from day one and be like king or queen of the marketing castle <laughs> and be in charge of everything. But that's just not how businesses work these days at all. Sure. So I think uh the king or queen example. Um, maybe isn't isn't the way to look at it, right? It's more of the expert, the leader who is also then pulling their weight and pulling the the team with them and guiding and showing as opposed to just saying, like, do this, do that. And it's important to have as much executive transparency as possible and and also be able to get people on your on your side, right? Like you mentioned, that collaborative type of nature is also something that I think, 
an entrepreneur is super good at. You know, I think of like these these crazy startup founders like during this most recent tech surge. And I have I've had a lot of friends who have worked for some some big companies like Okta and Salesforce and and HubSpot. And I even worked for a company called Dialpad. And when I was there, it was so interesting to see how great of a job the CEO did at being transparent really making sure people knew the mission and the vision. And he brought in people like a chief marketing officer who I worked underneath when I was there, who was able to translate that to then his team. And then you have to work, you have to work up, you have to work down and you have to work across as a marketing leader always, because marketing is such a hub of the team. And it all comes down to communication, which is so funny because you would think marketing people would be so, so good at communication because that's part of the job always. But we get so focused on the external that we forget to like go, oh, right. I need to communicate this with my team and I communicate this with my leaders. And so being able to set up great pathways from the beginning of communication with those teams cross-functionally and up and down as well, I think is really important. And that's how you're going to get people on your team is just being so clear and so direct about what is happening. And then also to your point of winning winning people over some of those tactical things that they need done right away that are that are more factory type of tasks to do those are great things to get knocked out in those first you know 60 90 days to kind of prove yourself be like yeah no i got that i got that website copy updated we you know we got these this new sales collateral out whatever it might be knock those things out while you're also working on kind of your entrepreneurial approach it's, it's really important to get those wins Definitely. And yeah, it's a great point there, there Tim. Like, I, I think one of the things that I've learned the most from hosting this show is, yeah, marketing leaders, great at marketing to customers, not so great at marketing to their own company, <laughs> to the to the rest of the season. marketing themselves. Yeah, yeah, marketing themselves even, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that's another good point about those kind of those kinds of early expectations, those kinds of factory kind of processes. They, they can be set up as processes at this point as well. Like the vast majority of them can be tackled by automation they can be tackled by mm-hmm. generative ai these days as well yeah so there's more options than ever out there to make sure that cmos have the scope to kind of go into this kind of experimentation phase almost set up like a little marketing laboratory that they can work on so that's got to mean they need the resources for that so obviously the cfo has got to be very important in this how can you make the case to the cfo that we're going to be doing these heading into maybe uncharted waters when they're looking for guaranteed results over the next six months and they hate that. They hate uncharted waters. They hate they hate exploration and testing. But if you think about some of the the great explorers of of our early history, right? Of people finding new new worlds and and doing different things, they got buy in. I mean, how do we feel about Christopher Columbus? Right? He got he got Spain to fund him to come to the new world and chart that territory why did they decide to like for all they knew at that time the earth was flat and you'd fall off the edge why would you ever give money why did the cfo decide to give him money to go out and explore because they knew that and he did a great job of communicating that there's you know there's riches at the end of this road we'll be we'll amass great wealth or we'll we'll achieve whatever type of goal and so that goes back to that internal communication of trying to say to the the, the CFO and getting them on your team to go, listen, 
Again, we have these proven things. We're going to keep doing them. But I'm telling you, growth will stagnate if we do not try some new things. And I'm going to put this in. I'm going to build this into my budget so there's no surprises. So for you, you could pretend that that part is gone. I'm not going to come to you and ask for you for more later. I'm going to build this in at the forefront. And so you get them on board by doing that, number one. Number two is just you know telling them about what those riches and what that could possibly look like if you get to that point. And number three is just knowing your stuff, CM, CMOs, knowing those benchmarks and knowing what um, a possible spend or what your budget should be as a function of revenue or whatever that might be. You need to know those things and have those numbers down. Just like if you're going to pitch at uh, at a Shark Tank, I'm sure you you, you watch that show Shark Tank, right? Oh, they, they call it they call it Dragons Den in the UK. Yeah, Dragons Den. Oh, I like Dragons Den. That one's even that one's even better. Uh, good, it's it? yeah, it's yeah. even scarier. <laughs> Dragons Den. Um, so Dragons Den Shark Tank, just like that. You you see that they chew those people up when they don't have their numbers, right? They just chew them up. So you have to have your numbers. You have to have your your benchmarks. You have to have your industry uh, know how. You know, in the back of your mind. And that's something that the CFO cares about a ton. And maybe the, the CEO is equal or or just, just slightly less because maybe they're not a numbers person, but they want to know what that ROI potential is going to be. And so you should be able to demonstrate that and then have that, build those K, KPIs that in, into the plan that are then you can report on to support on like, hey, this is how we're tracking against that goal. Um, and to be frank, that's one of the things that is not the most fun for me. <laughs> You know, it's just like, I want to go out and explore. I don't want to do the numbers. Like, and a lot of entrepreneurial people don't want to do that either. But when you're going to get the money, you got to have it down. When you're going to get the buy-in, you got to have it down. Definitely, definitely. And I suppose that means, obviously, a lot of extra legwork before you take the proposal to the CFO. But it definitely makes sense to make sure you're very clear about what tools would be necessary to measure certain things, what certain process is going to be needed, what kind of collaboration you might need with other departments to get this kind of project over the line. Like basically giving them, or giving them every reason to say yes, rather than giving them reasons to say no. Bingo. And you you alluded to to something a minute ago when you had said automation tools or AI or whatever, a lot of AI tools and um, ChatGPT and that stuff, you know, mostly free, but there are paid versions of those things. And, and automation tools certainly are. And if you're using HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever for your CRM and automation, and you, you know, you can pile your tech stack up. So imagine you're coming into an organization as a new, as a new CMO, and they've got a bunch of manual processes in place and you want to automate things, but it's going to cost money. And you say, listen, I need to get HubSpot, CRM and automation up and going. You guys are using spreadsheets and paper. This is crazy. We need to bring the company to the 21st century. And they say, well, this is working. Why? Why would we do that? How would you then go about proving that case? You have to say, well, you have three people that take X number of hours per day that costs X number of dollars to us. If we can get this tool, it will pay for itself in three months or whatever. And then they go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. So you have to learn how to speak their language. And like mm -hmm. you said, give them a reason to say yes. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I feel like we we focused a lot on this kind of process when it comes to working with the, the C-suite or the stakeholders within the business. There's something you touched on earlier that was communicating this attitude towards your team 
as well. Let's talk about the yeah. CMO's responsibility in instilling this kind of entrepreneurial spirit into into their team that they're working with, who they're, who they're leading even. So what should be the big messages they're trying to communicate when it comes to, uh, let's say like they are reworking certain systems that the marketing team's familiar with. How should CMOs go about communicating a need for change to the rest of the team that isn't going to necessarily cause like a big panic about job security or the training that they might have, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would make sure all my marketers always know is there's no such thing as job security in any role anymore. Um, I think those days are those days are long gone. But the, well, what I would communicate to them is I would say like, hey, it's okay if you break stuff. I'm not going to be mad. Like we're here to break the system and reset and try those new things that are going to hopefully lead to great success. It's, it's kind of like how a VC firm works, right? They they fund all these companies, they fund a dozen and hope that one, one pays them back. So maybe that's the function that we look at and communicate to our team. Like, hey guys, we're going to try all these things and we're hoping one is going to be that great new channel or that great new campaign or whatever that's going to help us take our marketing to the next level. And what I always try to instill in my team is to say, listen, I'm an open book and my door, whether it's physical or on Zoom, is always open for us to communicate and collaborate. I want to make sure we're always on the same page and that there's no question mark on what you need to be responsible for. But what I try to do is is find people who are comfortable at being the champion, and I use that word carefully, the champion of what they're focused on. Because in a starter type of team, which may be a smaller team, because if you're part of a legacy company and you're part of a marketing team that's maybe small and doing something new, or you're part of a startup or a scale up, the marketing team is most likely going to be small, that there is a person who is the champion of content. There's a person who's the champion of digital. There's a person who's a champion of events. But what it means to be the champion is that you're the leader, you kind of drive that down but you lead the rest of the team. And it doesn't matter that I might be the CMO or the director or the marketing leader. I need you, champion, to tell me what you need from me to help you. And when there's an initiative, like maybe a big conference coming up, it's all hands on deck, right? You're the champion of that, but you're saying, hey, hey Tim, hey, boss, I need help with uh, the booth artwork and getting that submitted. Can you handle that so I can do something? Sure. Like, I report to you in that moment because you're the champion. So I love trying to cha champion people because it gives them the opportunity to lead a team without necessarily being a full-fledged leader. They get to kind of dip their toe in the water and test that out. But when people have that kind of responsibility, that starts to get them moving toward this entrepreneurial mindset themselves. And also, usually they tend to like their job and take more stake in it because they're not just what we talked about before, pushing the marketing buttons. They're like, whoa, oh, you need me to actually coordinate other people to, to put all these things together. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of exciting. And so that excitement, I hope, and I usually see with my team, ultimately leads to success because they get to, they get to actually have, like I said, some stake in the game of being the champion of that thing. So creating these champions um, is a is a methodology that I try to apply to my team and having that just that really clear communication with them and that that is an expectation of them uh, in the early on whether I whether they're already there and I'm coming in 
or I'm hiring them, you're going to be the champion. Well, so I, re- I really like that approach, Tim. It's, it's almost like a, a reflection of how you were talking about how CMOs need to operate in the C-suite in terms of like how they work with different departments and stuff. Yeah. So I could see that as being really effective as sort of training future marketing leaders as well. So I really like that. Um, and also, as you said, yeah, um, allowing people to focus on their passions as well means they're going to put more effort into it as well. And that's what you need when it comes to marketing and creativity at the end of the day. I mean, I know marketing is becoming more and more scientific and more data-driven, but at the end of the day, creativity is always going to be important. And someone who is more passionate about their role is willing to put in the extra mile that you need to get great creative work out of them. Yeah, exactly. And passion is something that you see that entrepreneurs have for their their companies. And often that passion is what carries them through those those troughs, right? Where you're, you're starting something up and then you you hit a roadblock and oh my gosh, now it's really, really tough again. But your your passion is what ultimately keeps that fire burning to get you up that next hill and then hopefully continue to success. And so, yeah, exploring what your team is passionate about, what they care about and getting them to buy into your mission for the marketing team as a leader is really important. And if they don't, then maybe that's where you have to cut ties and that's okay too. You know, not, it's not for everybody. Some people just want to be in their in their lane and just do that one thing maybe that they're really, really good at and aren't interested in in breaking those those binds and going going further in their career. That's totally okay. You don't want to be a marketing starter. That's fine. But you're not going to see that greatness. You're not going to see that leveling up. And so I try to look for that in people who I'm bringing on as part of my team. Typically, I try to explore that and ask them questions around that to see what their comfortability is with pushing the envelope a bit. So let's sort of flip that on its head a little bit, Tim. And and let's talk about when CMOs are looking for opportunities that might allow them to be marketing starters. Like, do they need to be very selective then? Like, obviously, some companies are just looking for CMOs who are going to come in and keep the factory wheels turning and stuff like that. Like. (laughs) Is it up to CMOs to push against that even at the interview stage? Or should you know to just walk away if that's not the kind of role that it's going to provide? So the pushing against it is more of the test to see how open the potential employer is to working with someone with this type of starter mindset. And if you get pushback, then then yeah, it, 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 that's where you would decide to either, hey, that that's okay, I won't. I won't be a starter in this role. Or if it's something that you're passionate about being a starter like me, then you would walk away from. Um, I always try to look for that opportunity to build something new, to be able to leave a lasting impact and 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 have that, that entrepreneurial type of stake in the role that I'm taking. And so I start to kind of feel that out and and asking questions on like, oh, is this a is this a backfill? Is this a new role? What type of new things are you looking for? What do you have like crazy? goals that you're trying to work toward? How comfortable is your leadership in trying new things? What if I were to come in and totally just break apart the entire marketing organization and start from the ground up? Are you you okay with that? So there are certain things that you can start to ask and get a feel for it. If they're like, no, 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 we just need you to keep things going and you get that very status quo vibe, then you're like, okay, they're not open to it. I'm not going to thrive here. I'm not going to succeed here. And that's honestly maybe something we need to be doing as marketing leaders in general. Maybe we're not doing the best job of that. And that's why we're, that's why we have such a short tenure because maybe we're not 
getting clear expectations out of the gate. And to be fair, everyone thinks they're a marketer, right? So <laughs> these sometimes CEOs and and and, and boards and, and company leaders think they know what they want and think they know what they need. And they go, yeah, no, that's exactly what we want. And then you start going down the road and they're like, ah, I guess that wasn't because they don't know what they need. And so I think that's where, again, that advocation for ourselves and clearly understanding what the opportunity is to be able to say like, okay, I hear you saying this is what you need, but it sounds like you maybe really, really need this. And you know what? There's no, there's no great rubric or survey. God, wouldn't it be great if we, <laughs> that's a mark, we, marketers love surveys, right? Wouldn't it be great if we could just send out a survey like, hey, here's our uh, pre-potential engagement survey. Uh, would you mind filling this out, executive team, before I <laughs> accept this offer? Uh, and they would probably be really upset by that or think it would be weird. But um, I wish we could send out one because then, then maybe that would help us get more data and better engage if the opportunity is right for us. What do you think? Uh, we, we should we should have every every CMO in the, the CMO line start doing that. Are you on board? I, I think that's absolutely genius, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, All right, we'll work we'll work on the survey. You and I, <laughs> we'll jump on the Slack and start promoting it to everybody. Like, hey guys, yeah. next role, send this out to your potential employer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean. Obviously, I haven't interviewed for a CMO role, but I imagine there's still always that point in like an interview process where it's like, oh, have you got any questions for us? Well, how yeah. great would it be if you just said, yes, I have this full survey ready for you to fill out. So I really know this job's right for me. That, that's a really good idea, Tim. Yeah. I really like that. Well, and it's as silly as that idea might be, it might, it might be too far. But when they do, you, you just said something really great, which is, do you have any questions for us? And a lot of times people are like, yeah, I have a couple, right? Hit them with everything. And honestly, that'll demonstrate to them too how how strong of a leader that you are if you're really coming in and going, what about revenue? What about this? What about previous marketing successes? What does marketing success look like to you? Can I build a team? Any idea on budget? And they're like, whoa, 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 this is a lot. Um, they might, if that turns them off, then there's a there's a flag for you right there to help make the decision. So maybe, yeah, maybe the survey is one like, would you mind filling out the survey? And they're like, this is weird. Uh, we don't want to talk to you anymore. You go, cool. You're not the right company for me then because the right company wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a really interesting idea, Tim, genuinely. Yeah, let's, let's talk. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think one thing that we, that's come up quite a lot in this conversation is that there are certain skills necessary to be, to have this kind of entrepreneurial mindset. And I think among them, probably chief among them is um is that communication that internal communication um those leadership skills as well are obviously very important are there any resources that you've relied on in terms of like developing this mindset yourself that obviously you've got the book uh, as well so that'd be a great resource for listeners yeah. um but are there any other resources you recommend that um that cmos or aspiring cmos look into to sort of build this kind of approach well, I'll I'll shamelessly plug the CMO Alliance. Thank you. And other groups like that. Your community is a huge resource. Honestly, I'm I have this the Alliance and other Slack groups open on my computer all day, all night. And being able to post questions and talk to your peers and just sometimes sanity check yourself. Go, guys, this is going on. Am I nuts? Is 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 my am I am I wrong or is my sales team really asking for a lot here? And they go, oh no no no, we get that same thing too. This has happened. Blah blah blah. And you just can take a breath and go, oh my gosh, that's so that's so uh, refreshing to know that I'm not losing my mind. So one of the skills 
would be resourcefulness and being able to go and find and ask for what you need. You know, there's that that old adage of, you know, um, a closed mouth never gets fed or whatever that saying is, right? You have to go and you have to be bold because that's what fortune favors. Fortune favors the bold. And you got to ask for things. And the perfect place to do that is from your community, like CMO Alliance, to be able to educate yourself and then also straight up just humble yourself and go, guys, I'm running into this problem. Can you help me? Because that's something that I think a great entrepreneurial mind will do is be resourceful and hack together and figure it out by asking the right the right questions. I think a great leader too surrounds themselves with people who are smarter than them or at least perceived to be that way or more knowledgeable have you know have more wisdom. And so it's okay to not be the smartest person in the room. Don't like, don't pretend to be. You know, you're you've stumbled on a problem that you're trying to solve, which is this ABC marketing initiative that you're working on, but maybe other people have already done that. So it's okay to, you know, to be, you know, a little brave and step outside your comfort zone and ask for the help that you need. And so resourcefulness, I would say is a huge one. And yeah, that's communities, books, reading, research, and just having things in your back pocket. I mean, I'm looking at my I'm looking at you on my screen right now, but behind me, I have my web browser and I have a, a folder just called marketing. And in there, I have different things organized. I have like tools, I have trades, I have research, I have like all of these different things. And so I go in. And so when a, when a, a, a brazen CEO goes, well, marketing should be like this. Like, and I go, well, actually, here's a great article that I know about that supports what I say, <laughs> not to check them and put them in their place, but just to show that you know your shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So resourcefulness, I would say, is a, is a key one to that. Fantastic, Tim. And uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head of what I thought. The, uh, well, I was going to ask you what the, the your big takeaway you'd want for the CMOs um, listening. But I, th- I think we've kind of hit the nail on the head, unless you've got something else that you want to wrap things up with. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the resourcefulness and always looking at marketing as this laboratory rather than a factory. You know, there's the greatest the greatest inventions in the world or the the things that cure diseases come out of laboratories. They don't come out of factories, right? It always starts with the lab where you're trying, you're testing, you're investing, and eventually that great big payoff comes. You go, we just discovered the cure to this marketing disease. <laughs> Amazing. Then you can take it and replicate it and then run it through the factory, right? But it has to start with that laboratory type of mindset. And so that to me is a big piece of that. And and how do labs work? Well, you got to be resourceful. You got to communicate well. You got to have things documented. You got to have all of those pieces that we've talked about to be able to build your marketing lab and, and get things going. Awesome. I love wrapping things up with a good analogy there, Tim. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, it's a good analogy. <laughs> so, Tim, yeah, um, yeah, we've covered a lot here. And obviously, there is a lot more to unpack. But I think we've offered some great resources for the listeners to, to dive further into building this kind of mindset. So thank you very much for your time today, Tim. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And, and certainly taught me a lot about what it means to be a marketing leader. I'm sure it's been a great benefit to the audience as well. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. And yeah, we got to hang up and get to work on this survey. So <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this space audience. And I want to thank the audience as well for listening. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.